I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We are back with WNBA stocks, where Owen Pence and I check the market in the WNBA as of today, June 22nd. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash windsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com. That's windsider.com. Are you looking to get tickets for the WNBA season? Thanks to our sponsor, TickPick, you don't have to worry. The original no-fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion, Chicago Sky. Use the link T-I-C-K pick.com backslash windsider for all your upcoming ticket purchase needs for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. That's tickpick.com backslash windsider. We're back with WNBA stocks where we check the pulse in the market. It's June 22nd. I'm here with Owen Pence. Last week when we checked in, our up teams were New York and Seattle with Dallas and Atlanta on the downswing. We'll start this week off with a feel-good story, I guess you could say. Uh, with our up teams, we'll start it off with Minnesota, and I'll go first. Um, it's been a new day, a dawn of a new era. It's the Nikolina Milic era in Minnesota, and Milic has just been on a tear. She, you know, as as she might not be putting up the gaudy numbers that we've seen, you know, game to game, but I feel like she deserves credit. I know uh, Mitchell Hansen uh, from Windsider, our beat reporter for the Lynx, is working on a amazing article. Uh, on her that's going to be coming out shortly. And I just think what she's provided, especially in the absence of Syl, especially in the absence of Fee, which is a whole thing we can get onto for a very long time about how we haven't even talked about how this team is missing Fee. But, you know, losing by one point against Vegas, a team where it really could have gone anywhere. This team's been on the downswing for basically the whole season, except that one Sparks win where we thought maybe they were turning a corner. Um, but, I, I, you know, when we were doing show notes and we were chatting about this before we hopped on and record, I was saying, like, finally this team went from a team that looked incompetent to now being a competent team that just doesn't know how to win. Uh, I, I saw a stat line go in this Phoenix game the last night that they pulled off a nice victory that uh, in they, they were on a five-game losing streak. In the last four of those games, they, the combined total score that they lost by was seven. I think that's a really good sign. We've seen this team compete all the way until those last final moments where, you know, you're going to have an error here. You're going to have an unforced turnover here. A few shots aren't going to fall in. But winners find ways to win in those situations. Uh, a sentence, a sentiment that has been kind of echoed with the Chicago Sky and the Connecticut Sun this season as they try and get atop, uh, you know, the power rankings with Las Vegas Aces just looking so, so good. Um, any thoughts on the links? And, uh, I know I, I started off with Milich cause I just feel like I wanted to give her the hype, but I mean, Jessica Shepard had a, what was it? Like a 22, 19 and eight game. Um, uh, what was it? Um, some of the other players are just going off. Also, uh, Mo Jeff had a crazy game the other night and they finally get the victory against Phoenix in Phoenix, which you, I feel like they kind of got that monkey off their back, finally pulling off of like a decisive victory, not. Not a game that went down to the last minute. 
and there was questions and someone had to hit a big shot. But like from the beginning of the fourth, they continued to extend that. I mean, the whole second half just looked like a different Minnesota Lynx team than we've seen all season. Um, and now it will be quiet. Owen, the Minnesota Lynx. Yeah, you. I think you nailed it. The 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 feelings are positive. Finally, I mean, we've talked about the Lynx a few times this year, and and it's been on on the stock down segment, of course. And so it's exciting and fun to to have a reason to kind of gush about this team right now. Um, you know, you mentioned Shepard's game: twenty two points, nineteen rebounds, six assists against the Aces. I mean, come on. Um, and, and it's not just her. I think that the, the thing that struck me is that different people are stepping up, right? Like what, what we saw in those first handful of weeks is that Shepard was playing pretty well and she was really alone. Uh, you know, occasionally someone else would step up, have a big game. Caleb McBride comes back from overseas and, and plays so well in, the, in that first game against um, the Sparks, which they did win. I, I can't even remember. It feels like so long ago now. All I remember was the, the Derek Fisher gaff at the end of it. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it seemed like a, a common theme for Minnesota was that, you know, maybe one player would play well and they'd still get crushed because you just can't survive in the WNBA with only one player playing well. And, and what we're seeing now is a lot of people stepping up. I mean, I think Kayla's been great and, and one of my favorite players in the league, 18 points last night to, to lead the team against Phoenix. I think another player I want to mention, someone who in Dallas really struggled. I mean, Mo Jefferson, uh, you know, was just not, was just not the right fit for that team. And anytime she'd play, and it seemed like she got a lot of chances with the wings starting. Um, and, and it was like, why are they starting her? You know, they've got better options on their bench and it wasn't clicking. Raya Jefferson comes to Minnesota and it's one of those things, you know, kind of, kind of weird, kind of like with lay last year where Cheryl Reeve, you know, doesn't have a point guard to start the season and then someone just comes in, you know, a handful of games into the regular season, into the schedule and kind of saves the team. And I think that's what we're seeing here is now things are falling into place. OK, Kayla doesn't have all the all the attention on her and uh, and and Shepard's playing really well. They just got Natalie Achanwa back. She scored 12 points, six boards in 18 minutes last night. I mean, this team finally seems like it has a couple different players that they can rely on Demira Stantis, another one, a huge piece who, you know, was out for the whole season and, and is back now eight and seven and 22 minutes last night. So they just, they, they've got, they got players now stepping up and uh, it hasn't been this way this season until, until very recently for Minnesota. Yeah. The, the interesting thing that I just want to touch on with Mo Jeff that I feel like we might have to do a whole podcast on just to talk about, bring Rachel on um, is just, you know, the, the cool thing about her is I always wonder with, with Lay and with Mo Jeff, like, is it just that so many other teams are in a different situation, doing a different style of ball, or is it something else? Because I completely agree the the situation of Mo Jeff and Lay in, in different spots, in different teams, you sat there and you start to question, is there a spot for them in this league? Not because they're not talented enough to be in this league but just the direction of where the game's going and how they've been playing and their style of play. Mojef has the tools. We've seen her be deadly from three. Um, the question is just more so, like you said, can other players step up? 
Who's your up team this week? Up team this week, the defending champion, Chicago Sky. Uh, you know, I don't know if I don't know if you guys heard, but last night something rather dramatic happened. You you may have you know turned off the game thinking, oh, same old aces, just just out here giving the sky nightmares in the first half. And uh, this the Chicago Sky, you, the stock has to be up if you complete the greatest comeback in WNBA history, which is what we saw. And it wasn't just that. They were down 28 points last night to the to the first place Las Vegas Aces on the road. They won by nine, 104 to 95. Uh, this team, you know, has all its pieces back now. And I think we're seeing kind of just how scary they are going to be. I, I think that sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves and understandably so um, in kind of crowning a new favorite early into the season. And I'm not saying Las Vegas didn't deserve it. We'll talk a little bit more about Las Vegas, which is a, a little teaser for the rest of the show. Whoa, Las Vegas not in the in the upstock segment. Um, couldn't be. Couldn't we must have made a mistake there. Owen. Couldn't be. Couldn't be. This is this is invalid. Cancel the podcast. Um, no, but but Chicago was kind of you know flying under the radar. I think everyone wanted to talk about Vegas. They're the hot new thing. And, and again, Vegas deserves it. You know, they've, they've, they've been amazing this year. Um, but James Wade knows better than anyone. Candace Parker knows better than anyone that you just have to get to the playoffs with all your players healthy and start to find a groove. And that's when you want to peak. They went 16 and 16 last year, and then they won the finals and they won the finals in rather dominant fashion. So you look at this group. And okay, you know, they're 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 not playing maybe as well as they could be playing. The win-loss record this year is way better than it than it was last year at a similar juncture of the season. But, you know, they're not winning games by a lot. The point differential isn't great for what we'd expect such a, a stacked roster to be. Who cares? I mean, we saw it in the in the closing stretches last night where this team has so many weapons. You look at the you look at the scoring, I mean, a, a huge game for Sloot last night, 25 points, 8 assists to to lead the team in both stats. But look at the assist numbers up and down the roster. Julie Allman, 6 assists. Uh, 7 assists for Quigley. 6 assists for Emma Mieseman. 4 for Candace Parker. 3 for Ka. Like, this team is sharing the ball and just doesn't really care who scores. And now they're at a point where they have, they go, you know, 10 deep with players that they feel really comfortable playing. We talk about Rebecca Gardner, someone who's, a, you know, in her 30s and is a rookie and has been grinding and grinding and grinding, waiting for this opportunity. And she's been one of the most efficient players in the league this year. Didn't have a huge game last night, but I mean, now, now she's, you know, the ninth person off the bench, something like that. The depth is kind of staggering considering that they had to, you know, lose Diamond to Shields and Stephanie Dolson this offseason. They retooled in a really, really impressive way. I've already talked about how I think James Wade doesn't get enough credit as a general manager. Um, but I mean, let's let's throw the credit to the players because they are balling right now. Um, Kalia Copper, obviously winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week, you know, starting to round back into form and just couldn't be more impressed given the fact that 
she truly has no offseason. I mean, we talk about these players playing year round. She's just going from from one finals to another and back again um, and not really missing a beat. But I mean, this team as a whole, and I think especially the front court is so formidable. Emma Mieseman playing at a, at an all WNBA level on both ends of the floor and, and really is, is just the, the signing of the off season. I mean, to, to get Emma Mieseman in a year when you thought that you were going to have to, to sacrifice some things in free agency because of the cap. And then all of a sudden you get a finals MVP to add to a, a roster of two other finals MVPs. The sky got to be feeling incredible about where they're at right now. They got to be in, uh, yeah, I don't even have a good pun. I, I was hoping to have a good pun for that one. Um, yeah, completely agree. Like, th- this team is showing the variety of weapons they have. They're showing the depth. Um, I think we all kind of had to pump the brakes on worrying about them, not just because of what you mentioned, Owen, which is completely legitimate, which is get to the playoffs, get to the playoffs healthy. It's anybody's game. Um, but the other aspect is just the the retooling that they did they lost out on some athletic ability by losing diamond shields. There's not many players who are going to fill that, but they found other ways to kind of, I don't want to say patchwork, but a little, everyone chips in just a little bit. And then you add Emma Miesman, Julie Alamont, like this team, once they fully find their flow, once they fully get comfortable playing with each other, because there are a bunch of players who have played with each other in different forms, some in the W some overseas, some national teams, but none of them have all played together for James Wade. And and that's where it kind of comes together is like, okay, it's going to take some time, but once they get going, are we going to see the best, you know? And, and look, you can look to the Las Vegas aces of the past few years and say, Oh, just because they have a talented roster doesn't mean they're going to be good. You're right. But the way that this roster is constructed, everybody gets the best out of themselves um, and can facilitate for the others to get the best out of themselves. I just think it's a really scary roster. It was nice to see because I like parity. I don't want anybody to run away with it. And if we learned anything over the past few years, it's you need to peak at the right time. As you said, Owen, peaking too early is bad, a la, Car- or a la Connecticut Sun last year. Um, peaking too early is not what you want to do. I, I speak to coaches, I speak to GMs and players, and they always mention do not peak too early and don't overreact. Like reassess when you get halfway through the season, and then you can start to focus uh, on that uphill climb to, to get to the peak. Uh, I just want to remind everyone who doesn't know, Windsider has been hosting WNBA watch parties using a cool new platform called Playback. We're all able to watch the game together, so there's no spoilers. We've been doing some fun giveaways of vintage WNBA jerseys, posters, and WNBA top shots are coming too. It's free to sign up, and it really just takes two minutes. The link is getplayback.com. That's getplayback.com backslash room backslash Winsider. We'll be on tomorrow, Thursday, and I believe we decided we're going to be doing the Phoenix Mercury versus Minnesota Lynx in Minnesota. It was a fun one last time. Hopefully, it'll be another good one. And it's a free one, I believe. It's a Facebook game, which means anybody can watch. All right, let's talk down teams, Owen. You can go first on this one. I feel like I'm going to get wrung out for what I'm going to pick, so I'll, I'll let you go first. You kind of alluded to it. Yeah, might as well, right? We we can't not talk about it any longer. Stock down this week, gasp, insert gasp here, Las Vegas Aces. Okay, look, <clears throat> let me let me defend this real quick. The team is 13-3, and three, so we're, we're, we're grading on a curve here. Um, 
the the stock is not really down in any meaningful sort of way but sometimes you know this exercise can be difficult because it's like a lot of teams are showed a lot of positive things since we last recorded nine days ago so we're you know we're we're looking for something a little different and really this is an excuse to to you know talk about a few issues that are starting to creep in when you're looking at las vegas that really weren't there when they just came out of the gate totally on fire and and it was entirely positive you couldn't even utter a single you know criticism because what was there to criticize the team was just perfect the the aces still got to be feeling great ultimately they're they're on a great trajectory there's no reason for panic obviously and and this isn't an overreaction to the fact that they just blew up an absolutely massive lead at home to the defending champs last night. That's that's not really the reason I'm I'm bringing them up here. What I want to talk about is the sustainability of having five players play essentially every single key minute. I mean, it, it's gotten a little bit out of hand, I think, where this bench is just not providing anything. Last night in the in the loss to Chicago, Teresa Plaisance. 10.7 rebounds in 13 minutes. Uh, Asia Shepard played 12 minutes, scored five points. Kia Stokes played eight minutes, zero points, one rebound. That was that was the bench production for for yesterday. That was actually a good game for the for their bench. 15 points. They had a game earlier in the week where the bench didn't score, and uh, as amazing as the starting five unit has been, and for as long as we had been talking about under Bill Lambeer, wanting to see Asia at the five, wanting to see Dierica Hamby in the starting lineup, wanting to see this super spacey, super dynamic offensive lineup. Well, guess what? We're seeing it. It's just as amazing as we all thought it was going to be, but it's also all we're seeing. Um, I think that the fact that Raquana Williams has has missed in t- almost the whole season, save for, for a teeny little bit of action, has been really meaningful because she was the one player that was kind of slated to come off the bench and be like a real rotation piece. Like Plaisance has been, has actually been great. I've been really impressed. I I don't want to really knock anyone on the bench and I don't want to knock the rookies either. I think Shepard's got a super bright future. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Kirsten Bell when she, you know, played the fourth quarter of a blowout. Like they have some players, but clearly Becky Hammond feels like they're not ready for the moment right now. And because that's the case, we're starting to approach some some worrisome, you know, minute totals. Um, I think that that Hammond does deserve a lot of credit. Asia, Asia Wilson's minutes have been pretty under control. They're not, they're not crazy at all. But Jackie Young is playing a lot. Jackie Young's playing a lot for someone who just missed, you know, 12 days or whatever it was with an ankle injury. Um, who played a, a long overseas season, and she can handle it. I mean, her conditioning is amazing, um, and she's done so much and worked so hard to to be ready for this moment. And I mean, she's just couldn't be couldn't be having a better season. But she played thirty seven minutes last night. Plum played thirty six. You know, Jackie came back in that first game back from injury against Dallas uh, earlier this week, or, or I guess it was last week now on Tuesday. And, uh, and, and, you know, played 35 minutes or whatever it was right, right off the bat. 
These are games where you'd really like to be stealing a little more rest. We just talked about it with Chicago, right? Peaking at the right time and kind of, you know, James Wade rested Candace Parker fully healthy, rested her down the stretch of a super close game in New York a few weeks ago. And when I asked him about it after the game, he said, no injury, nothing. We just want it. We've been playing her a lot. You know, she's got older legs, you know, in the grand scheme of, of a professional basketball player. We just want her to be fresh for when it matters. And I do worry that the aces might not be so fresh when it matters because they had in some in some ways a disaster offseason. I mean, they they kind of didn't have a GM there for a minute. And their their, you know, their highest pick, their eighth overall pick didn't even make the roster. And there's a lot of question marks in terms of what happened this offseason past the obvious win of of signing Becky Hammond and bringing her in as coach. And so I just I think some of these issues are creeping in. They're also fifth in defense right now which again is not a disaster by any means, but Becky's been preaching defense all season. She says, when we play defense well, we win. They're, they're, they're starting to show, show some cracks in the armor here because um, you know the defense was not great last night. <laughs> Chicago was whipping the ball around and kind of scoring at will during that comeback. And you got to wonder if part of that is tired legs because these starters are just taking on too much responsibility. I completely agree with you. I would say we're not in in panic mode, but there. If you're looking at the dashboard and the control center, there's a light blinking under uh, caution, caution, because everything you just said, right? And and it's not just one of them. It's when you combine all of them. You can't peak too early. You can't be sitting here, you know, saying, "Oh, we have such great players. It doesn't matter." I understand Jackie and Kelsey Plum want to be running it, playing 40 minutes a game. You cannot allow that as the coach. You have to step in. The more concerning thing for me is, like, I love that they're getting Asia her rest, and I think that's kind of their their mindset is when it comes down to it in the playoffs, we're going to be need, needing Asia at her best, so we'll rest her a little bit more now compared to, to other players. My concern is 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 Sidney Colson. You know, I mean, it's 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 other players that, in my mind, at least, should be established enough to be getting minutes and giving these players rest. To what you said about the Chicago Sky, like, good coaches are aware of that ability, and I think James James Wade got a good reminder of it last season, so it's a little bit easier for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, in, in the history books, when we look back at this team, are we going to say they should have had a GM before a week before the draft? Are we going to say that, you know, Becky played the starters too much in early on in the season, or are we going to say none of that mattered because this team is so skilled and was just so high flying that they were able to pull it off? I don't know yet. I'm just starting to get more and more concerned as the season goes on. I mean, a one point win over Minnesota the other night, um, which granted is because Jessica Shepard took it to the hole, put up a contested shot against Asia Wilson. I don't know why she contested it because they were down three and that's, that was ball game. Um, so maybe, you know, saying a one-point game versus Minnesota isn't the full picture, but I still think it's showing enough. Um, there's parity in this league, and the Aces are no longer, you know, a uh, hop, skip, and a jump ahead of the rest of the league, at least, you know, not currently, if they're going to be playing a, a six-deep roster. We saw how that helped Connecticut uh, get a championship in the past few years, so I don't think it's going to help for Vegas. 
my down team. And maybe I'm going to get some heat from this. So I'll start off with saying free BG um, because that's kind of the crux of it, in my opinion. You go into this season, we've talked about this a lot with Phoenix, um, with the uncertainty. Um, you know, BG was the best player in the playoffs. The individual player, in my mind, the best player in the playoffs and going into the playoffs. Um, she was not the MVP because John Quell had the most ridiculous season uh, of the season last year. But the way BG was playing, it became abundantly clear to anybody that the time was now BG was ready for that next leap to becoming that MVP caliber player. She was finally living up to, to the potential um, and, and to the skill set that she has. But, you know, I think we've kind of learned what this team is and what their capability is without having Brittany Griner on their current roster on their, you know, starting five. Um, they're on a two game losing streak, which isn't that rough. It's the longest in the league, which is, I guess, a good sign for, for the teams around the league. But I mean, at the end of the day, Skylar Diggins-Smith keeps elevating her game, but there's a limitation um, of what this roster can be when it's built out and you have, you know, Tina Charles. We know what we're going to get from her. She's playing good, but it's not going to be, you know, filling BG's shoes. Dinah Taurasi is playing pretty good for her age. Not going to hate on that. And then you got Diamond, who's been playing pretty good in Shea Petty. But, but there's a ceiling of where this roster can go without having BG at the helm. Um, and I think we're we're seeing this more and more. We're gonna see, you know, they have the players that on on random nights are just gonna go off offensively, and they're going to be lackluster defensively. And I just don't think that this team, as as annoying as it is, as much as it sucks, I just think we're at a downswing right now. And um, you know, the, we're gonna see them float up again at some point. But they're they're kind of where we expect them to be on a, a playoff bubble team at best right now. Yep, I to- I totally agree. <clears throat> Free Brittany Griner, bring her home. The the story was just so tragic this week about uh, oh how they had a, a call set up for for her and her wife to talk for the first time on their uh, wedding anniversary in over a hundred and thirty days. I know, I know. We it just people have to be better and try harder because it's just absolutely ridiculous at this point. So so sad. So that really is 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 all that matters here. Um, and from a basketball standpoint, what what you said is entirely accurate. This is a team that is built to revolve around its best player, who is Brittany Griner, and she's not here right now. And so really what they have been able to do, I mean, from an individual perspective is pretty remarkable. I think Skylar Diggins-Smith is just having another amazing season in a career of amazing seasons. Um, and really just playing so well and kind of keeping this team in the playoff race where they they kind of could have faded out of contention at this point, um, if not for for Skyler's brilliance. Uh, Shea Petty, someone who I mentioned on this podcast in, in previous weeks, who's just been so essential for them. Um, so, I mean, they have a lot of people playing really well, seeing Diamond to Shields, you know, start. She's, she's not all the way back, but after just such a, such a brutal, you know, you can't call it an injury. It was, it was way worse. Everyone should check out the, the, I think it was outside the lines piece on, on Diamond to Shields, um, you know, recovery uh, over the past years, couple years. Uh, it's really, really heartbreaking stuff, but also just kind of incredible stuff. If you're, if you're looking at her perseverance and, and her will to kind of get back and keep playing this game she loves. 
Um, so, you know, I think from, from these individual perspectives, it's all really positive. They've, they've just shown a lot of, of grit and toughness, but like you said, it's just not realistic, uh, for this team to, to be contending in any meaningful way without Griner and with Tarasi at the age that she's at. I mean, Diana's going to have her amazing offensive game still because she's one of the, the all-time greats. Um, but on a consistent basis, this team just doesn't have it. They're ninth in defense. They're seventh in offense. They're going to be a contender for the for the final playoff spot or the you know seventh or eighth seed. Um, but what we're seeing around the league the last you know nine days since we've recorded is really indicative of the parity that you just mentioned. Where okay, Minnesota's winning games now. Okay, New York is hanging with the best teams and starting to look really good. Hey, Indiana stole a win. Uh, you know, we have essentially 12 competitive teams right now. Obviously, some of them, you know, struggle on some nights and look really rough. But ultimately, these are 12 teams where, where as cliche as it sounds, there's no free games on the schedule. There's no easy games on the WNBA schedule. And uh, and for Phoenix at, at 6 and 11 right now, it's going to be a grind to to slide into the playoffs, which is kind of where we all expected them to be. And obviously because of circumstances out of their control, now that's that's looking way more like a question mark. Yeah, well let's let's hop on over to my favorite segment, Stockwatch. Dunna dunna. Um my team for Stockwatch is the Washington Mystics. I mean, no no shock or no surprise. I feel like they are the one that everyone kind of has their eye on. Um is EDD playing? Is she not playing? We know, you know, I guess my question and why I feel like their stock's going to be up and down is more so just, you know, is their stock going to be down when she's not playing? Is their stock going to be up when she is playing? I think it's a little bit more uncertainty, a little bit more murky than that. Obviously, when EDD's playing, um, you know, she is that player. She is that person who can lift a mediocre team to a championship contender. She can lift a non-playoff team to a playoff team. Um, But at the end of the day, it comes down to a lot more than that. They want to win a championship. They want to win another championship. And for them to do that, they're going to have to find consistency and continuity. And right now they don't have either of those. You don't know what team's coming out. Um, and, and I just think it's going to be fun to watch them. Maybe we'll get a better sense. I personally don't think we're going to get a sense of this team at any point during the year. Um, and I do expect them to make the playoffs and then EDD to play a little bit more consistently. But I don't know if we have a big enough picture of what this team looks like when EDD does play to understand if they have a flow. They've struggled defensively, looked horrible in a couple games defensively, and looked like, you know, confused bystanders offensively in a few of these games without EDD. So uh, I, I think it's more than just EDD, not EDD. Uh, who's your Stockwatch team? My Stockwatch this week is the Los Angeles Sparks, a team um, who we didn't have a great picture of after they they fired Derek Fisher because we just haven't seen him play very much. They they only had a I think they've played fewer games than anyone else in the league, um, and and had a, a huge win last night, a two point victory over Washington, who you were just talking about, um, a big game, and we're really gonna see what they're made of now. You know, in this post Derek Fisher era. Um, with uh, a game against Chicago on Thursday at Seattle on Saturday and then home for Las Vegas on Monday. I mean, that is the gauntlet right there. Those are three of the best teams in the league. 
Um, and, and even if they don't win those games, I just want to see what the team is looking like now. I, I, I'm kind of excited to, to keep monitoring them. I think that like the biggest story here that no one is talking about this year, and it's just easy to gloss over because this is a player who has won MVP, who's done everything, won a championship and, and has nothing to prove. Neka Gumake is just unbelievably good at basketball. I mean, just so incredible. Never. I mean, I don't want to say never, but have we ever seen such a consistent presence on the court from, from every perspective, we're talking leadership, we're talking defense, we're talking offense. I mean, she just year after year, it doesn't matter what teammates are around her. It doesn't matter if there's turbulence in the locker room, whatever, she is going to come out and be one of the best five to 10 players in the league every single year. If she's healthy, it's been a joy to watch her this season, even as you know, the the sparks have really had to to deal with some some turbulence as i just mentioned um and last night in the win 29 minutes 21.6 rebounds i mean just a classic classic game from her so i i want to see what the sparks are made of here in this in this brutal three game patch against three of the best teams in the league i'm i'm excited to watch me too well, we'll be back next week with WNBA Stocks, where myself, Arya Schwartz, and Owen Pence discuss the WNBA market.